Broski here, and right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery. With me this week on a new edition of Throwback Madness, Road to WrestleMania, are my good friends, Ek to Fly, Eric Trembicki. Hello. Preptagon Jr., Josh Prepaguina. What's good? International YouTube superstar. You ready to say international yet? Yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. international YouTube superstar. I'm big in China. <laughs> and Mr. Wednesday Night Live. We call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo. Aaron Lloyd. The love doctor's still here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, well, happy anniversary. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, this week, we have the selection by Alo himself, WrestleMania 21. So I'll ask you the same question I ask everybody when we get started on these. Was there any specific reason why you chose this show? Well, as you, as new and old listeners, you guys, if you don't know, we are the official podcast of Roman Reigns. <laughs> we are. And we were in attendance for Roman Reigns' first title victory. We and were. I thought it would be very hypocritical of us as, us as a podcast to not review John Cena's first title victory <laughs> as the official podcast of John Cena as well. I was hoping that was played part in it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm glad that it did. Um, Alo, would you like to refresh the listeners' memories on our rating system? Yeah, if it's a horrible show, it's a job. If it's a false middle, it's a slobber knocker. If it's a fantastic show, it's a showstopper. All right. So who wants to rate this show first? I'll go first. I just gave it a slobber knocker, like just playing out. It was good, but it wasn't great. And it reminded me of a lot of stuff that I didn't like at this point <laughs> really? in time in wrestling. Yeah. Oh, we'll get to that. That's cool. <laughs> Interesting. Eck? I'm going to give it a high slobber knocker. Um, I got – so I, uh, the listeners won't know this, but we almost reviewed this a week earlier. Mm-hmm. But some technical difficulties and <laughs> scheduling and not being able to watch it all at once. Um, there was some stuff I was excited to watch on this. So I wanted – this. I never watched this show in its entirety till this past week. Um, there's maybe two matches, let alone, that I almost wanted to give this a showstopper. Yeah? Uh, yeah, but then, like, I get down to the last, like, two, three matches, and I'm like, no, can't do that. Um, not that they were that awful, but um, definitely a, a higher slobber knocker. I, I enjoyed a lot of the show. Um, I will give it – I'm just going to give it a straight-up slobber knocker. Uh, this was kind of when my interest was, like, really starting to fade in WWE. I stopped watching not too long after this. So I started wa- stopped watching probably like eight months prior. To really? This. So like I think I knew. So it's weird because like I knew Cena, I guess had intro uh, like introduced like the world title spinner belt, but I don't remember this at all. Like I don't remember like anything about like Angle and uh, Michael's feud starting up. So I mean it, it was cool to watch that. And I th- feel like I maybe maybe have had this match on in my basement before, mm-hmm. and maybe I wasn't paying attention. I probably was texting during <laughs> it. But actually being able to sit there and pay attention to the match, it, it, it's definitely a, it's got to be one of the best matches of that year. Yeah. Uh, for me, I like I remembered chunks of it. I did not remember this show crystal clear because, like I said, I was not 
super engaged with the product at this time. I was like on my way out. Um, so Slobberknocker and Alo, your choice. I give it a high Slobberknocker. The two main events, they didn't. You knew those two guys, Cena and Batista, were the next guys, but they weren't there from an in-ring perspective yet. So those matches left a little bit, a little bit to be um, left to be desired. But the, I thought the undercard delivered big time here. But those two main events that lacked a lot of stuff. So that's why I'm gonna give it a high slobber knocker. If it wasn't for those main events, it would have got a showstopper from me. Yeah, uh, we had Lillian Garcia open the show with America the Beautiful. I think it is very funny how. Like a lot of what people think, a lot of people think the reason why Vince is starting up the XFL again is because of the whole national anthem thing. We've discussed this on the show before, and Vince doesn't even like the national anthem. <laughs> like Vince purposely starts that show with America the Beautiful because he prefers it to the national anthem. So I think that's funny. And I'm curious, is he going to go just America the Beautiful for the <laughs> XFL games? We won't. We don't. We don't know if we'll ever see that as prep. I don't believe you think they're ever going to actually have a game. Nope. But I'm curious to see if that's, if that's where he goes. The opening of the show, I thought there were some pretty entertaining movie parodies that they had to open it. I feel like, I almost feel like when I was watching this, I was like, ooh, this is kind of like where what they're doing now started, where they're just trying to get themselves as immersed in pop culture as possible as opposed to being their own thing. But I thought it was funny. Um, and who knew that Batista and Cena would end up in Hollywood? <laughs> At this time, I don't think any. You just mentioned they were yeah. like the next guys who knew that they would both go on to be like in Hollywood. And Batista, alleged, well, you can't even say allegedly, maybe the bigger movie star than John Cena for what the franchise he's in. Oh, he's been in, yeah, huge movies. Because there's nothing like that Marvel money right now. Right. Yeah, I think definitely Batista, Batista is a notch above John Cena in, in Hollywood. But I think John Cena is the bigger name. Parody characters like John Cena makes me laugh, and so does Batista. <laughs> yeah. Uh, opening match: Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio. I think this is obviously you can't go wrong opening a show with Eddie and Rey. Prep. I'll go to you first because I know you are probably the biggest Rey Mysterio fan we have here. What 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 did you think of this match? So this is where like my likeness for Mysterio kind of waned because he wasn't like at the best of shape and his his in-ring ability wasn't even like up to par with what it you know even now like he stepped it back up right but like he was really good when he first got there and this was just like so-so and I don't know nobody's really gonna have this complaint but it really bugged me like watching the match I've never seen somebody fix their mask so much (laughs) (laughs) and I like it was bugging me like I've seen one person do it, and that was Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd. <laughs> put on that Pentagon Junior mask. When it took him five minutes to put <laughs> <Yes>. it on. <laughs> you know who Donovan reminds me of in that mask? Who? Have you guys seen um, Shaq's movie Steel? <laughs> 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 Pentadon. Oh, yeah, Pentadon Junior. But, but continue. No, I mean, this probably was my favorite match on the card Eddie Eddie is so good like watching Eddie Eddie kind of takes what I forgot who I think it was Ayla that was talking about how Booker T would like cut his promo down the ring Mm -hmm. Eddie just showed so much personality like coming down the ramp and then in the match he was just so good and he would go to like great lengths just to entertain the crowd 
Yeah, I agree. Gone way too soon. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I thought that the red carpet on the ramp, since it was in Hollywood, was like a nice touch. Oh, yeah, thought, the set was sick. Yeah, it was great. Eddie's entrance, I thought, was really good. Um, Eck, what did you think of this opener? I thought the match was good. Um, I kind of expected a little more, and for some reason... I don't know if I'm mixing up different feuds that they had. I thought there was going to be more of a turn at the end. Not that I was mad, but again, it was just one of those things where I wasn't really familiar with the time and everything going on. So I did expect there to be a turn. And I feel like I might have been watching something on the network recently. So when they came out each with the tag belts, I thought they had dropped those the week before on SmackDown. So. Right. So yeah, I, they went in as tag team yeah. champions. So again, it was another thing to be enjoying the whole time because I I didn't know who was going to win because like I really didn't know the storyline at all. Yeah. Uh, one one little thing that happened during the match, and we've talked about this before, was Ray did the corkscrew suicide dive, and commentary. I don't even remember who it was that said it, but like only Ray Mysterio could do that, and it's like another case of. It's something that a lot of guys are doing now and, like, just how far ahead of his time that he was. Because at that time, you could say, especially in WWE, this is the only guy who's doing something like this. So I think that was cool. Alo, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, like Prep said, this was my beginning of where I started to, like, in retrospect, not like Rey Mysterio, because this is the part when he started talking and not being Rey Mysterio. Because this would lead to the whole um, Dominic thing, I'm your poppy. Yeah. <laughs> this is what started that. And Eric just brought up what he thought they dropped the titles. They actually dropped the titles to Eminem, who debuted the next week on this the following week on SmackDown. So and that's what led on to that helped that led on to all the other stuff that happened between those two. But I thought the match was really great. I love the fact because they kept telling the story how Eddie couldn't beat Ray. Because I think Ray beat him like two or three mm-hmm. times prior to this match. And I know Eddie Guerrero one time on Ray, on SmackDown was like, Hey, we're not doing it for us for WrestleMania. You wanna have a match at WrestleMania? Because he's like hell bent on beating him. Right. I always like like when tag team partners go at it because they kind of feel each other out because they know each other so well. And the fact that Eddie like took control most of the match because he was like hell bent on beating Ray. And we always talk about well, basically we've all seen the the top WrestleMania openers is is between this Brett and Owen and Triple H's Brian. What's your preference between? Those three matches. Between those three, my preference is Brian and Triple H. I just think it meant so much. And it meant so much, like, for that show, mm-hmm. for the rest of that show. It was, what was the first one you said? Brett Owen, this, and then Triple H, Brian. Because th- these are, like, synonymous as being known as the top WrestleMania openers. And some people put Shane and AJ from last year in that category. No, nah, f- yeah, for me, it would be Brian and. I guess it's so fresh in my mind, too. And that that match, like, really solidified Brian. Like, that whole pay-per-view was like, uh, when a whole WrestleMania is built around you, like, means a lot. And that I'm still amazed. Like, Triple H getting beat clean, middle of the ring, to open that show. Because I honestly, and I hadn't really been religiously watching yet at that time. I had just gotten the network not too long before that. I might have even gotten the network just because I wanted to see that WrestleMania. And I'm sitting there thinking I can't imagine Triple H is going to lose. But uh, I'm also thinking Daniel Bryan has to be in this main event. But I still had that disbelief of I can't believe he actually did it. And to me, that made it something extra special. Like I said, that main event isn't what it is. The story of that whole year isn't what it is without that opening match. Eck, what was your... 
was your preference on those three? I mean, we all know at like, that time when Daniel Bryan was active in the ring, I wasn't huge on him, but I would feel like that was one of the nights I felt like there was something special happening because it wasn't like Orton winning in the main event, Mania, been there, done that. Triple H winning in the main event, been there, done that. Batista winning in the main event at WrestleMania, been there, done that. So I definitely got to put... Triple H and Brian up there for that. Alo? Yeah, um, I'm going to go with Triple H, Brian, too. Like, like you said, it did mean some. But even the WrestleMania 10, Brett and Owen, that was a story throughout the night as well because how how that would end. Mm-hmm. But I do think the whole Triple H versus Brian match was like a better. You had more of it, more interest in it. Yeah, people my age are probably going to hate me uh, laugh, <laughs> laughing inclu- included in that. Yeah, because one time he better, actually corrected but, us and said, yeah. Owen Brett is the best yeah. WrestleMania fan. <laughs> Wrestling subjective laugh. Yeah, I, I can see the case for it. But yeah, for me I, I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah, for me personally, that was my favorite opening match in the history of WrestleMania. The other thing... Oh, go ahead, Prep. Yeah, laugh. <laughs> uh, prep here. <laughs> Brett puts me to sleep. <laughs> I'm sure... You know, I didn't think about it too hard, but I'm sure there is a Mania opener one that I'm probably more biased to, but... Again, just thinking about it, so nothing comes to my head instantly. On our next throwback road to WrestleMania, you can you can tell us what that one is. <laughs> I'll save it. <laughs> um, one of the other things I liked about this particular match was all the counters and transitions with how familiar they are they were with each other. So I thought that was a really key part of the story. I thought that made the match what it was. I loved it as well. I don't know if it was my match of the night. It very well could have been. I didn't really think about it, but it was definitely up there high on the list um any other thoughts on this match are you guys ready to move on ready to move on so we had a quick backstage segment with jbl (laughs) orlando jordan triple h and rick flair this again jbl i was not a big fan of him as a champion i loved him in the apa but i did not like him in this position I probably don't dislike it as much now as I did then, but he guaranteed he would beat Cena, Triple H, and I love this line from him. Keep telling yourself you're good. Someone will eventually believe it. And that's kind of how we've talked about this before, that I think you specifically, Alo, have mentioned this, how every time he would win, you'd be thinking, how how did he win? Mm -hmm. How did he beat this guy? There's no way he could have. So I guess in the grand scheme it was a good story, and he obviously played a part in kind of catapulting the guy who would maybe win the title from him later <laughs> in the night. Um, Am I the only one that was very upset that JBL didn't personally thank Triple H for not working Tuesdays? <laughs> <laughs> I did think about it, but I was not mad that he didn't thank him for it. I definitely thought about it myself. Because if it wasn't for that, who knows what JBL would even become. Yeah. Yeah, another thing. For me, this was the last time Ric Flair looked cool to me. <laughs> like, this was the the last era where Ric Flair didn't look like he was a slip in the shower away from hospice. Mm-hmm. Oh, like. <laughs> away from hospice, wow. Yeah, this was the, the last hurrah for Ric Flair. Yeah, that was it. He looked cool here. <laughs> we had Adam Sandler and Rob Schneider ringside just before the release of The Longest Yard, which I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Great film. Yeah, it made me feel kind of old. <laughs> a, a, an exceptional performance from Kevin Nash when they <laughs> changed his steroids to estrogen oh, pills. so good. <laughs> Best thing of, he ever did. One of my favorite uh, comedic movie roles is, you know, him. Uh, what, what is my favorite line? 
Sportsmanship, try it. <laughs> him yelling at the crowd when they're booing. Both teams are trying real hard. hard. <laughs> the best yeah, thing he ever it was did. great. I would laugh always likes to say that he's the worst drawing champion in WWF history. I would have thrown my money down to see Kevin Nash play that role again. Um, money in the Bank match. This is the first one, correct? Indeed. Yes. And I, I mean, I think we all have kind of known that Jericho claims that he, that mm-hmm. he made the match. I've, I didn't know he was ever in one with long hair. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't one with long hair. It was him, Benoit, Christian. We had a Shelton Benjamin in there. Shelton. <laughs> Looking just like he does right yeah, now. Yeah, exa- identical. R- no, R- you think so? I yeah. thought so. No, he aged. He aged, man, because Shelton, <laughs> Shelton was, what is he? I think he's like 41 now, so he's like 26 now. I don't know. I was watching SmackDown this week. Like, I watched SmackDown after I watched this, like, directly after. And I was like, boy, still move the same. That, <laughs> I, that, that I give you. He does move the same. He well, just has well, a little bit of muscle on him. he's backstage and he's, there's a promo or interview segment going on, I could be his dad. I don't know, man. Black don't crack. <laughs> he was the Intercontinental Champion at this time. We also had Kane and Glenn. Edge. Glenn, yeah. <laughs> Kane, yo, that was a nice touch when Kane came out. All the ladders uh-huh, on that fire. Was cool. That mm-hmm. was dope. Kane unmasked. This was another thing that made me not really like WWE that much anymore because I felt like I did not need to see Kane without the mask. Um, I loved that everybody attacked Kane mm-hmm. as soon as he entered. It's like a classic thing that you do when the biggest, strongest guy comes in. Uh, what did you guys think of the first ever Money in the Bank match? We've obviously seen a ton of these <laughs> since then. Well, I mean, how do you think the first one holds up? I, I mean, they're all car wrecks in a way, but I didn't hate it. And one thing I think is just clear to pay attention to, you may not want to comment on it too much, but Benoit was a nut. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say cle- that, too. In my notes. Uh, there's, no, <laughs> there's no debate that Benoit was a nut. <laughs> I, I guess I didn't think that through. In my notes, in my notes when, Ron, when Benoit did the headbutt from the top of the ladder, Ron's face. So my second to last note on this match right before Edge wins is headbutt off the ladder. That's probably the point. <laughs> Uh, a whole career of doing things like that, I would assume that that is a big part of what led to what ultimately happened with him. The replay. I mean, when they replayed yeah. it, I was just like... And he turned over and like you mm-hmm. saw the blood mm-hmm. trickle out. Well, he had the stitches already, right? Mm-hmm. So he just busted that back open, Yeah, what they, they said something ridiculous, like 52 stitches. Yeah. <laughs> it was like five. Yeah, it's like how, how Andre the Giant was seven foot four and he was really like seven <laughs> foot and a half. <laughs> But yeah, that that was my thought as soon as that happened. I was like, well, that's he got revered for this, but I think that's probably to blame for the tragedy that ultimately happened. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm glad they acknowledged Jericho as the creator of the mm-hmm. match because that was his invention. And I know we got talked about Sean Benjamin, but how great was he in this match? Awesome, he's great. <laughs> like the T-bone from the top of the ladder. Then he he started the whole run across the ladder thing. Mm-hmm. I thought he looked great and. Oh, good times for Shelton. Yeah, Benjamin. yeah. Like I love Kofi, but Shelton, man. Oof. Yeah. And, um. How about Christian? Because this was back when he was the CLB, the mm-hmm. creepy little bastard. Yeah. <laughs> Tomco <laughs> helping him up the ladder. So what was it? this guy's name? Was Tomco? Tyson Tomco. Tyson Tomco. The problem solver. Because la- <laughs> the year prior, when um Christian beat Jericho and Trish was with him. Tomko was like their problem solver. So like when he was, he was feuding with Jericho, he brought in Tomko. Tomko was there then mm-hmm. or or after? What? 
He was there for the mania. Few no, he was. He came, came after. after. He came okay, after because okay. he was basically like their bodyguard. Wow. Um, yeah, I thought this was a fun match. It was fun. It was good. Uh, obviously, a lot of insanity going on. I really, as much as I don't appreciate Kane being around the main event now. I was very impressed with him jumping off the top turnbuckle to the floor. So good. A guy that big being able to do something like that I think is incredible. And I'll never take anything away from what Kane was back in the day because he was awesome. Can we still? Can we all agree his greatest uh, ladder match performance was the, um, I don't know if it was a TLC or just a tag match, but when Hurricane was knocked out and it was for the tag title. <laughs> right, yeah. that, that was a TLC4 on Raw. Yeah, that was that. I'd, I'd give him his best performance in that one. Uh, Christian, it's kind of fun to see him in this, knowing his history in these type of matches that he had way before this. With, I love with, that they did the callback to the Rhino spot with this, <laughs> th- this Tom Coat character. Yeah. Um, they, or Pratt, what were your thoughts on this match? It was all right. It wasn't like now I look at Money in the Bank such a bigger like thing, and Edge Edge is cool. Like Edge winning. Like, that was the beginning of that character, like, that piece of mm-hmm. garbage that he was. Like, <laughs> that was a real heel. Yeah, that it was really like was. Real yeah, it's it, it it probably doesn't hold up to some of the other ones because, especially back then, you didn't know what the real ramifications were to this. You had never seen it before. You had never seen a cash-in. Like, now we all know what it means when somebody's holding that briefcase, but then we really didn't know the extent of what that means for somebody to have that contract. Uh, you know what? I'm not even going to say that contract. That briefcase, because they're not allowed to say the briefcase <laughs> anymore say on contract. the show. Or no, we can't say briefcase, right? No, we can't say briefcase. We can. They that, can't. And thank God they switched to briefcase. That briefcase <laughs> sucks. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I prefer the current day briefcase, the modern briefcase. Uh, we had Eugene <laughs> <laughs> making his, having his WrestleMania moment. He... Is attacked by Muhammad Hassan and Davari. Oh my! Damn, hat. I missed this. <laughs> did you really? How the hell did I miss this? I don't know because Hogan came out and made the save. Oh man, I really <laughs> did. There you go, skipping prep. Did you fall? Did, was that where you took your nap? No, I told you I didn't take a nap. <laughs> I was. I scrolled through the buttons. Oh, okay. so like the start so of probably this didn't match, have a, the start of that match. That's that probably didn't have its own, its own little thing. Was it I, because I Muhammad think, Hassan? No, it's Wait. because Hogan. But they had Benoit. Benoit's a worse. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that. I think they probably just don't have segments notated. It's yeah, because it wasn't only a match. Right? It wasn't a match. Yeah, it was just Hogan coming out and hitting some big boots on, on the uh, Middle Eastern foreigners. I guess <laughs> twenty four hours after his Hall of Fame induction. Yeah, exactly. Headlining that class. Um, it took them so long. Yeah. Did anyone? You? Anyone with any thoughts on Hogan and uh, and these guys? I got something to say. I want to see if any of you guys say it first. Or if you guys have anything to say. I have nothing else to say. I just wanted to say that it happened. Did you enjoy it? It was fine. So is, is it going to be fine when Goldberg does something similar this year? No. Okay. It won't be. Eugene was great at silliness. <laughs> he was. I loved Eugene. Isn't it crazy <laughs> to think that Eugene is like like a revered trainer? That is crazy. <laughs> He's really good in the ring. What was he before Eugene? He was always Eugene. He was just Eugene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was always, he I was always um, Eugene. Because uh, I remember, like, I, I was big on, like, looking into Wikipedia. Like, so I would always read, like, I always knew, like, when guys were 
like wrestling and developmental mm-hmm. indie prep. So he was, <laughs> he was it's he where was indie like, prep got its start. <laughs> he was like a multi-time like OVW champion. Like that was, I used to be on the OVW website. Like, <laughs> I could see that. So much like the Edge character got his start winning the Money in the Bank, this is how Indie Prep got his start. Yeah. Was Wikipedia-ing guys from OVW. I don't know. Yeah. Wikipedia-ing cannot be a thing. He was the same class with, like, Cena and Mm -hmm. all those guys. Oh, wow. That's crazy. I did not know that. That's a hell of a class. I wonder if Cena buried him. Obviously. Cena was a chump back then. Uh, Taker and Orton. The legend killer awoke the beast. I guess that was kind of the uh, theme of this match. The Undertaker was 12-0 and 0 at this time. I had a, personally had a little trouble enjoying this match. This really? match was solely, garbage. Solely because... What? This match was a snooze fest. <laughs> well, the reason I had trouble right, watching you're it... You're speaking Ron just spirit animal right now. <laughs> the reason I had trouble watching it was mostly because... Of how much I don't want to see Undertaker WrestleMania <laughs> this year. So it's like just soured the whole thing for me. And I can't stand Randy Orton. Um, this was good Randy Orton, too. Was it was. Yeah, to me, there is no good Randy Orton. Um, <laughs> I mean, even Taker. Like, Taker was super athletic in this match, but I still, like, fell asleep. Yeah, well, Alo, what were your thoughts on it? I know you're you the also biggest, fell asleep and missed the biggest, <laughs> the biggest Taker guy in the uh, I love this match because my first thing in my notes... This is like when Randy Orton had a purpose. Like this is my favorite incarnation of Randy Orton. Like now he's just there for whatever reason doing nothing. But that, but back then he had a purpose. Like he was a legend killer and he was synonymous with that. Like he had, like he came off his world title run a few months prior. So I know this was a, this was an interpromotional match, I believe. But I I enjoyed every second of this match. Like the fact the way he had um an answer for everything Taker did, like the snake eyes and the choke slam, mm-hmm. and like the RKO out of nowhere, it wasn't a big deal back then, so it was like a, a legit pop, so you really didn't expect it. And um, one thing, they I like the fact that he had Taker on the ropes, but Michael Cole should not ever sell that because every time <laughs> Michael Cole does, I feel I already know he's on kick out because you're not selling. When Jr. says he's like, no, 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 you already think it's gonna be over. But when Michael Cole does it, you already know you can expect a kick out. Yeah. And, um, like, Taker selling the RKO and, like, the cover, like, he barely got, like, a shoulder up. It's like, he kind of just, like, raised his mm-hmm. finger and got up. Like, Taker actually, like, made Orton look like a champ in this match. Yeah. And this was, like, fresh Randy Orton off his world title run and being in the world title picture um, in January, the m- three months prior. Mm-hmm. Eck, thoughts? I can see everyone's point of view on it because I think it's, like, the natural stigma Orton has right now that kind of made it where... I didn't think the match was bad. I didn't think it was overly good. Yeah. Taker, I thought, was really good in it. I, I loved Orin when he went for the pile driver. I think something that sells the match on its own, the promo package was really good on it. Um, I mean, the stuff, you, you know, when he um, crashed Taker into the, the stage. Overall, I thought it was good. It definitely, it's not like Taker versus Sean, Taker versus Hunter, but... It's not his worst match. It's not him versus Bray. Right. Yeah, I, I um, piggyback on what Eric said, I have an appreciation for when people try to do the tombstone. I think it's the funniest <laughs> thing in the world. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, the RKO off of the choke slam was a great spot. I can't take anything away from that. But, yeah, I'm just watching and just thinking, like, why does he have to wrestle anymore? <laughs> Let it just please be over. One thing I did like, too, was – the RKO had a different style at this era. Like, it was real exaggerated. Like, he jumped really high in the air to grab you by the neck. Oh, I yeah. did like that. And it's good to see 
Taker able to work regularly? Yeah, well, it's definitely not the case now. And won't be the case ever again, (laughs) unfortunately. Uh, We had a women's match that was all of four minutes long. Christy Hemi against Trish Stratus. Nice little touch that Lita trained Christy. Uh, but, yeah, What? any any thoughts on this? Um, all my notes have nothing to do with Christy Hemi. Okay. Except um, <laughs> King said we should get her ring attire from Victoria's Secret. <laughs> <laughs> well, my only thing I had to say about her is, uh, as you guys may recall from Icons, there was a gentleman behind us that had a buttload of WWE's Playboy collabos, and I just kept saying, I mean, who's this? <laughs> they didn't know who she was. And, and now she, you know. And then she came out, oh! Oh, oh that's her. That's who she is. the girl. Question. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is this... Trish is the goat. Is this the worst WrestleMania match you've ever seen? No. If not, tell me something that is, because this was awful. Uh, well, it dep- well, I got something I hated more, and you guys could probably guess what it is. <laughs> no, and that doesn't I'm, count. <laughs> I might get cold. some heat from this, and it might. It, I'm not trying to be stereotypical, but I would say whatever women's division matches were probably happening at Mania 27 to 30. There wasn't a women's match in 20. Oh, there was. It was Morrison and Trish they and Snooki. Inter- that was in <laughs> Against I forgot who did they face? I know they faced well, was there, cool. Was there any one on one women no. matches? No, hasn't been one since twenty two. Even that yeah, or a while. Like if you just go like straight since two thousand two. Since WrestleMania twenty two, Trish and Mickey. That was the old, that was that was the last singles women's match. Until what now? They they haven't had a singles match at WrestleMania since then for the oh, for the women. Probably get right. one this year. Two this year. We might. There's a chance. I guess we'll see. Yeah. Hopefully we do get at least one. So I, right. I'm guessing you guys have no notes about this because none of my notes have nothing to do with Chrissy Kemi. No, so go ahead. So um, this is around a time where the internet found out about Lita's infidelity. <laughs> and, and Lita uh, was looking good. <laughs> so uh, there's an infamous moment where um, on a promo before this lead up to this match where Lita and Trish are cutting a promo on Raw and the crowd's chanting to Lita, you screwed Matt. Because this is what Matt like told everybody that which he did. And um, have you guys ever seen the video of Matt reenacting the breakup with Lita? No. <sighs> worth worth seeing. I'm a go- when we're done. I'm gonna show you. <laughs> it is so good with a T. It's and not a WWE video. It's like a shoot video. No, like, you know how Matt Hart- Matt was like the first guy hip to the internet in WWE. So he had his YouTube channel for um, for years prior to actually getting a big deal. So. If it's, it should still be up there. If it's not on his page, I'm sure somebody's uploaded it. But it's great. Well, I look forward to seeing <laughs> it. If you're not here to uh, witness this being Googled, you should Google it yourself. <laughs> uh, did you have anything else on that or no? That's it. Okay. This match was horrible. Uh, <laughs> HBK Angle, uh, pretty classic match. I think a lot of people really revere anytime HBK and Angle stepped in the ring together. Story was Sean eliminated him at the Rumble. I thought commentary played a huge part in the storytelling of this match, which I think is something we don't get enough of now. I thought this match was a lot of fun. I do wonder, one, if this was the thing Alo mentioned that he thought might be in my notes. No. About oh, this show. What? Yes. About 
would the internet wrestling community enjoy this match now because of all the, the kickouts and false finishes and finishers that didn't actually finish the match? No. My, my, okay, what was your thought? My thought was, because you know Michael's got an ovation after the losing the match. Mm-hmm. Will Roman Reigns get that same reaction <laughs> after losing this match? No, he wouldn't. After put, on that, put on that same performance and losing, would he get a no standing ovation? You would have heard, this is awesome all through the match, <laughs> but he would have got booed on his way out. Uh, what did you think of this one, Prep? I like this match more than the Shawn Michaels Undertaker WrestleMania matches. But I didn't. I think that it was like overblown. Like people talk about this match like it was so great, but for me it wasn't like an cr- incredible match. It was just okay to Really me. good? Yeah, it was like a really really good match. But it wasn't like great. Legendary. This was the match of the night. I watched it, this match 3 times. <laughs> I've watched it twice in the last week. This is the match where this is why Kurt Angle can't walk. <laughs> <laughs> This is why he can't straighten his legs. Yeah. This is why he stands the way he does now. Or, or that sweet shit music is why he can't say WWE. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, the well, stuff that they so, were doing was crazy. It might have been worth it. It probably wasn't worth it. But <laughs> at least he did it in a good match. Or lost it in a good match, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the best thing you can say, the crowd was absolutely electric. Here's a good question. During this match. You know Aaron knows all the stats. Is this Michael's first match with the baggy pants? Baggy pants? Like he oh, oh, the, oh, the, um, the bell bottoms. Uh-uh. I could have sworn he had these. You said first Mania, first match. I, I don't know. Because I think, um, I don't know if it was it was the Rumble. The Rumble, he had tights. The Rumble, he had tights. So I didn't, like, obviously. Uh, I didn't really pay any mind to that. I just know the Rumble, he had the white and red tights. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, could, I couldn't tell you. But I know he had them from then on out. Is there any reason why he switched to it? I always assumed it was for, like, there's leg support he was covering. That's probably the best guess. I can't think of any other reason. Maybe Kurt Angle should wear some baggy pants. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I thought this match was... That I would anticipate you would always know. I I don't pay attention to bell bottoms or tights. Once he wore Uh, those brown tights. Normally anyone switches from tights to shorts. You're the first one to know it. Once he wore those brown tights, Alo was out (laughs) on analyzing the ring gear. Um... Well, Michael's all, like that. I always pay attention to, but when he went to the bell bombs, his ring gear got like really bad. Yeah, I mean, how would you not notice? I mean, he went from like, good tights normally, between, and then he, he went to bell bottoms. Because uh, I, I still call them baggy pants. They look terrible. Because yeah. um, Michael's, he always had good tights. Edge always had great tights, and that, those are the ones that really stand out to me, like for like tights wise. Yeah, Jer- I- Jericho also had good tights. Oh, yeah, his were always top-notch, a top-notch tight. I'm still disappointed that uh, <laughs> he went to the trunks. Yeah, I hate that he went Although to he the redeemed trunks. himself. Totally. I was hoping that when he went to New Japan, he would go back to tights. Me too. Um, but, yeah, I thought this match was great. Crowd was on fire. Alo, your thoughts? Yeah, I love this match. I don't know what Prep's talking about. This match <laughs> is excellent. Uh, nope. I always love when they always go back to the back injury because that's like a always, that should always be a target when it comes to Michaels and the video package I like the fact that they integrated the 1996 Olympic, Olympics into Kurt Angle's frustration yeah. with Michaels because it's like this guy showed Michaels but I'm one gold medal with a broken freaking neck mm-hmm. you know and um nobody sells like the look of they have no idea what's going on like Shawn Michaels the closest person that does is Johnny Gargano yeah because that look of like having no idea what's going on that that looks always great. And even the um, the spot where he, 
Angle's like yelling at him in his face, and Michael's out of nowhere hit switch in music. And like all the false finishes were great because false finishes were pretty rare at this time. And I love old Kurt Angle when it comes out relentless with the ankle lock, and Michael's finally had to tap. But I always love what Michael's did for everybody back at this time because Michael's, he's always said he didn't want the belt, he didn't need the belt. And when needed, he'll put over a guy in a heartbeat. And a lot of these bigger matches, he lost to. He lost, which I credit him for. It. Like, of course, growing up, did I want him to have the belt again? Yeah, but did I want him? I don't want to even envision him with that spinner belt at all. But <laughs> did I want him to be champion again? Yeah, because I'm a kid, and when I, well, the way I grew up, titles were everything. But now it's a different story. But Mike and Michael's kind of showed it to me in retrospect now, especially like seeing the, with all the work that he's actually done. Yeah, that's one of the first things that well that. The first article I ever wrote for TJR Wrestling, that was kind of one of the statements I made, was HBK stole the show whether he won or lost. Yeah. And most of the time, that second half of his career, he stole the show in a losing effort. Yeah. He put other people over pretty much exclusively for the last four or five years of his career. Um, and this match being no different. Him limping out to the big ovation, as we said. I thought it was a great match. Uh, not my favorite Sean match, obviously, but I thought this was a lot of fun. It was fun to watch back. Oh, yeah, and they would have an Iron Man match on Raw Homecoming in September. I think Engel won that, too. Probably. would be It would be my guess mm-hmm. that he won it. Uh, Prep, any last thoughts before we move on? It wasn't as good as you guys are saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had Mae Young and the fabulous Moolah in the crowd. <laughs> Always fun to see them. Uh, we had a Piper's Pit segment where he brought out Stone Cold. I thought Roddy Piper brilliantly handled the what chant throughout this whole segment. Carlito came out. They destroyed Carlito, pounded beers together, and Piper at one point acting like he was wasted <laughs> I thought was was excellent. Uh, any thoughts on the Piper's Pit? I love Austin was still calling stuff. Got a couple of little, your little gimmicks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I thought Piper was so good in there, and it's refreshing always to watch because he's so revered with how good he was on the mic and great as a character, and so far past his prime, he's out there. Similar to how Austin can go out on Raw in 2018 and remind you how great he was. Well, there you are in... 2006, I believe, and Piper's out there showing you why 20 years prior he was such a good character. Yeah, exactly. Prep? I didn't see it. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Again, <laughs> not a match. Again, not a match. I didn't see it. So, Alo? I thought it was fun. Um, Carlito, he was still pretty new at this time, but um, I did enjoy it for what it was. I did like the interaction between Austin and Piper. It yeah, was fun. I thought it, I thought it was a lot of fun. Like I said, and Piper being a guy who they were talking about is knew his way around a can of beer. I thought was a fun little touch for it. Next up, we had Aki Bono <laughs> versus the Big Show in a sumo wrestling match. I've seen it all, and I can't literally. <laughs> There's not much you didn't see. Um, yeah, Big Show getting buried by someone who wasn't even a part timer. <laughs> I don't know if Aki Bono ever showed up in WWE again after nope. that. My guess is probably not. What was the story to this? Because Big Show, he just came off of facing JBL No Way Out the previous, well, in February. And um, all I remember is Big Show saying he wanted to challenge the world sumo champion on an episode of SmackDown. That's all I remember. Yeah, so I don't really remember. It is weird, though, and uh, glad it wasn't very long. That's the best thing I could say about it. I died when he showed a little thigh. Yeah. Well, his entry died. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, a lot of thought, but you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, I was going to say. He wasn't showing a little anything. <laughs> for, for viewing purposes, it's a good thing we never had to see that Akibono again. Because right. That was a sight. I saw more than enough of him on <laughs> yeah. that evening. He still wrestles to this day. Does he really? And yeah. Wow, good for him. Indie prep. <laughs> yeah, he's so indie. He even knows about the sumo circuit. <laughs> he's like a legend in Japan. Yeah, I'm sure he is, and I'm sure that's why. The commentary told us. <laughs> uh, Cena, JBL. Uh, there aren't many guys who have more perfectly fitting music for their character than JBL. <laughs> that that music, I don't necessarily like that music, but it's so perfect for him and that character that he was. Um, the police escort, I thought, was great. Uh, one of my favorite parts of this match, I thought it was hysterical, Taz explaining what a short-arm clothesline is. Taz is terrible. As if anybody didn't know what a short, short-arm clothesline was at this point. Um, what did you guys think of this match? Who wants to go first? I like John Cena. <laughs> Yo, this John Cena was way over here. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and his gear was dope. Like that basketball jersey. The with the uh, soldier. With the pump omni lights. <laughs> My big thing I had to say about this match is kind of in junction with uh, the other main event, so I'm going to save it. Put it yeah. all together at once. Fair enough. I definitely like this better than the other main event. Yeah, it was, but still, like I, I said my. My rating that these two main events they left a lot to be desired because this match fell flat because in the video package you saw the story and all the build up because one storyline that I always do like is when you're not allowed to touch somebody until the match happens mm-hmm. because that builds like the, the anticipation but this match was basically like a regular match it didn't really feel like a title match like one 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 fu at this time mm-hmm. and that was it and it came out nowhere because JBL basically dominated Cena throughout this entire yeah. match. And I would love to see if Cena would jump in the crowd and celebrate now if they would throw him back out. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> not if he jumped into your guys' arms. Uh, please. We no. would embrace him. We would. We would he he would embrace him. the madness. That's what I'm saying. You Do you not like him Cena? Back. I'm just not saying I want to throw him back. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, or I might not catch him. <laughs> I, I, would I wasn't catch sure John. if you were 6'5 or not. I would catch Big Match John <laughs> if, if, if tasked with that. Aaron um, would be hugging him, I'm sure. It'd be a bear hug. <laughs> uh, JBL had held the title for 280 days up to this day. Yeah. I think it's interesting that after this night, Cena held it for the next 280 days. Mm. Pretty interesting they both held it for the exact amount of time. Yeah, and on... Sorry to cut you off, mm-hmm. but on commentary, they put over what I was saying all the, all the time about how how much of a weasel JBL was yeah. and how the gender should have been that, how he escaped from the barbed wire cage, um, fatal four ways, um, last ride matches. He beat all the top guys to yeah. actually get like, legit be hated. Yeah, and he almost started to believe he was that good and found out he wasn't. Yeah. The spinner belt would debut eight days later yep. on Raw. Smack. Smackdown, sorry, yeah. Uh, but that was very soon after. And probably the worst belt design in WWE history. Is there a worse That's one than that? That's crazy how long it lasted. It, mm-hmm. It's disgusting how long it lasted. And without a doubt, it is the worst heavyweight championship. Yeah, because what happened? But I got it tatted on my leg. <laughs> <laughs> For the right reason. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, because <laughs> with Cena's U.S. title, when he dropped it to Orlando Jordan, they switched it back to the old U.S. title right. the week after. And... I remember when it, when, Angle, when Cena was feuded with Angle in, August, in the summertime around August, Bischoff had the old belt with him, the belt that he won. He had it on his shoulder, mm-hmm. and that was the last time you ever even saw that belt on television. And then when, when Edge cashed the Money in the Bank, he didn't change it 
either. So mm-hmm. they, they just stuck with that design. Was that the most underrated title design? The Undisputed? undisputed? See, Arguably. I mean, doesn't get a no lot of, love. It doesn't get any love. One thing, one reason I think it may not get love is because it looks just like the World Tag, the Raw Tag Team title back then. It's the same design. My opinion on why it doesn't is, despite how many people held it, because it did play Hot Potato that first year, it was only around for, what, three years? Less? Mm-hmm. Two and a half. Two and a half. Well, I, so actually, I, I, think that's, three. I, I think that's the negative part about it. I mean, you, you look at it, how long... You went from Jericho having the two belts, and then, well, I guess Triple H had the two belts. He gets that belt. Then the Undisputed is around for three years, and then you get eight-plus years of the, the spinner crap. Yeah. Eight years of that thing. Yeah, which was shocking. God, like, are you serious? Because when Edge first won <laughs> it after the chain, when he cashed the money in the bank, I was like, are they going to change the belt the next night? But they didn't, and they kept it around. Then even Edge got his own version of a spinner when, right. he, won it after, when he won it after that, in that triple, after SummerSlam. Yeah, interesting that it lasted as long as it did. Um, Hall of Fame class was announced. We had Bob Orton. <laughs> we had, and I love that he was set, like he jokingly sold the fact that he was injured from his run in in the Undertaker uh, match earlier. I'm gonna say that that was great. The way how yeah. hard he hit him with the cast, yeah. I love that. <laughs> uh, Nikolai Volkov, good friend of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so glad you called that back. <laughs> the Iron Sheik, fitting that they went in together. Uh, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, uh, the Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, Rowdy Roddy Piper, and Hulk Hogan. Damn. Obviously two of the biggest names in the history of the sport, but it definitely bothered me in hindsight that Roddy Piper did not get to headline his class. Hogan kind of overshadowed him all those years in WWF and still kind of overshadowed him even in his Hall of Fame induction. I, I could see I could see you wanting him to headline a class but obviously in that scenario hogan's oh yeah well he definitely would be the bigger name than him i just think he should have gone in they should have gone in in separate years i think piper is worthy of a top spot there it's kind of it's kind of like we talked about recently i mean um macho man despite not being alive he didn't even get the headline his year and diesel went in yeah exactly and if he was alive he definitely would have headlined a class but i think it's just tough to do when the guy himself isn't there unfortunately and he should have been in there way before he was in there uh the final main event of the evening batista against triple h now alo i almost thought that maybe the reason you chose this show was because the storyline of the main event was that it's all about triple h (laughs) and i thought you may have been doing that in honor of the godfather of the matt madness podcast joe lafferty well i will do this in the honor of the godfather podcast (laughs) joe lafferty batista beat triple h here he beat triple h at backlash he beat triple h at bad blood no at vengeance in hell in a cell so three months straight triple h put batista over yeah it's it's a pretty good pretty good run for batista (laughs) Provided by Triple H. So, Alo, as the Triple H guy, I know, Prep, you said you can't wait to talk about Batista before we started. But I want to let Alo talk about this main event first. Well, Batista, we all have known that he's not the best in the ring, especially right now. He was just bit known as the, the powerhouse, as they would call him back then. But one thing about Triple H, no matter what size his opponent was, he was like the legit cerebral assassin, and he would like no matter how big you were, just takes you down. Yeah. And that's what I admire, admire, admired about Triple H in this match because Batista was basically got the best of him for the most part of the um, 
the feud. Like, I know the figure's out, but that whole thumbs up, thumbs down thing, will, will, I will always love that. That will always be one of my favorite Raw moments. Because, mm-hmm. like, it meant so much. And Batista was really over at this time. But the match wasn't that great. It was more story. It was more story driven. Ric Flair gets involved. Triple H gets color, mm-hmm. and Batista gets his first title win. And he would, he would have a nice run of the title. He he would have to relinquish it due to injury, but he had a nice title run out of this. But this match left a lot to be desired, just like the whole Cena JBL match did. Yeah, Eck, did you find it as funny as me? That there was no pyro during Batista's entrance, and he did like the machine gun and all that with just nothing around it. I think it went over my head. So <laughs> I think my, so. Here's my theory for the two championship main events. Uh, again, similar to you, you know, this you're saying is when you're fading out. I don't really remember. You had already Batista. faded out. I've already faded out. Um, similar to you, I love JPL as the brawler, drinking beers in the back, clothesline from hell, and a badass. I didn't like him. Clean shaven with non-black hair and short <laughs> hair at that. Um, hated him as a champion, but he was a great weasel champion. And I will always make the argument he held multiple championships and was there for years and years and years. And in a weird way, at least deserved that spot by that point. I think if I watched this that year, I would have hated this WrestleMania probably. I would have said this was like probably <laughs> like a one-match show. Since I never saw it at fourteen, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I he was a very savvy (laughs) fourteen-year-old. Time out, time out. So at fourteen, because of what was going on and these guys in that picture, I stopped watching it. So I, I mean, right there. But I, I like to think. So I got you didn't complain on the internet. (laughs) WrestleMania, WrestleMania is supposed to obviously be the, the show of the year. So I think around like 27 to 30, I was really hard on the product. Where like if it didn't blow me away right then and there, like I really got nothing overly good to say about the show. I know when I watched 28 live, I was disappointed. And we did a call back to it last year for the road to WrestleMania. And I watched it and I was like, why don't I like this show? This is actually like a good show. It, it has some good memorable parts to it. This. It did? <laughs> well, I, or maybe it's just because I enjoyed, I guess, the throwback. But I'm not even going to get into that for that. I'm just saying with, with 21, in retrospect, I could see it being an enjoyable show because at least you're seeing a lot of stuff that started. And you're seeing the first title reign for two guys that arguably did carry that company for years. I mean, Batista and Cena did stay as world champions for, I don't what, the next four years? Yeah, and are two very rare crossover stars of the last 10 or 15 years because not many guys yeah. do that. Prep, what were you? Oh, sorry. 28, I mean, I didn't like Punk Jericho then, but I like it in retrospect. Right. Prep, what were your thoughts on Batista? Not a fan. (laughs) (laughs) Now, like, looking back at his initial run, like, I like him as a person. Like, I thought he got the short end of the stick when he came back. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I think he deserved a little more, like, maybe a little more creative freedom because, obviously, he wasn't going to come back and be a full-fledged baby face. But, um... So, Batista is like half the worker of Roman Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> Even that much? Maybe. Like, <laughs> and I don't get how people can like praise someone like that, but not praise someone who works legitimately hard, like when he's in the ring. Like, I just don't understand it, and it really bugs me. And watching this Batista match, like. Pissed me off. Really hammered that home. Yeah, it really you. made me mad about it. 
Yeah, I didn't really think of it from that perspective, but I definitely agree that... Do you think... How long do you think it'll be before we get to that point with Roman Reigns where he gets the proper amount of respect? He won't. He won't. Because you don't think ever. I don't no, think ever. because the internet's going to continue to evolve. So this is, I always say the internet's a gift and a curse. So, for example, even though we have a podcast or whatever, it's like... We're, we're stating our opinion, so we, we feel our opinion matters. And that's how everybody else is going to say. Everybody, I don't feel our opinion matters. I know our opinion uh, matters. Well, we know our opinions <laughs> matter. But everybody else thinks theirs do. And then the thing is, wrestling fans, wrestling is subjective, but they don't understand how hypocritical they actually their actually, actual opinions are. Like, they'll say, Roman, <laughs> Roman, like Roman, oh, Roman can't go, whatever. Uh, Roman wasn't on the indies. Like, okay, but you like, do you like Charlotte? Do you like Rusev? Do you, like, what? Yeah, you're chanting Rusev Day. Exactly, you're chanting Rusev Day. You like Rusev, like like Alexa Bliss. They didn't have some big indie career. You like The Rock, like Prep always said, you like The Rock. They, he didn't have a big indie career. Social media and internet's only going to evolve throughout time. So Roman's never going to get the respect that he deserves until he's actually done wrestling. But even when he's about to go out, he'll still get booed. I, I don't know. I, I feel like someday he will because I feel like eventually the crowd warms up to almost everybody that's in a prominent role. Like, look at The Miz. He's, he was hated more than most people for a really long time, and now people have borderline fallen in love with him. And I think you could say the same thing about John Cena now, where obviously he still gets booed a lot in a lot of cities, and a lot of it's still very much half and half. But I hear a lot more praise for John Cena than we probably were hearing four years ago. Yeah, cause I think that's more for retrospect, and he's out. He's not there much anymore, so they don't have to deal with it less. But the whole Roman thing, maybe if you turn him heel, because that because maybe people actually cheer him, then like, oh, Roman Reigns is doing such a great job or whatever. But you have more. It's easier to be a heel than a face. But Roman, Roman as a face, he won't ever get the recognition he deserves until he's actually done. Well, that's my mission for the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. Well, we are the official podcast <laughs> of Roman Reigns, so that, that is our mission statement. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I thought the main the main event was was fine. I don't dislike Triple H. I don't have any issues with Triple H. Um, Flair's selling out there like a billion Flair's bucks. Flair's selling. Triple H loved the Crimson Mask. <laughs> At this point in his career, he had the, uh, the Lemmy beard. This was when he was just having fun, like... His selling was ridiculous. Oh, like yeah. You would see him when you get groggy. Like, you, you, we've all seen that video. Like, I think it was a dark match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where he, like, the foot out yeah, the, car, yeah. the turnbuckle. <laughs> <laughs> like, his selling was like that. Like, obviously, that dark match was way more exaggerated. But right. he does those things, like, when he gets groggy, like, and he just, like, waves and mm-hmm. waves. Like, <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah, he is great, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Like Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> yeah, ain't I great? Another save another it. laugh special. Yeah, we'll save that one. Um, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I thought the match was fine. I thought the pay-per-view was good. I thought it was like a fine WrestleMania. Watching it back, I didn't see anything. Because I've been retrospective about some of this stuff and realized some of these guys I hated back at the time when I stopped watching are actually better than I gave them credit for. Unfortunately, I think most of them were not on this show. And there was not a lot that I saw that was like, you know what, I made. I think I made a mistake by losing interest. I think I kind of knew why I did when I watched this back. Was this like one of the WrestleManias where like most of the titles weren't defended? Well, the IC because wasn't. Both no. tag titles, the IC and the uh, US. US, 
Yeah, because remember... It's the, the women's and the two men's title. Yeah, because remember, mm-hmm. until, Rus- until WrestleMania 32, the IC title wasn't defended on the main show since 2002. In WrestleMania 29, Miz defended against... Barrett defended against the Miz on the pre-show. So the IC title went a long time without, without even being defended. Yeah, that's crazy. They stopped doing me. a lot of stuff in O2. Mm-hmm. That was the uh, yeah. that was the, the death. Of the yeah, because the Intercontinental Champion, WWE. the IC Champion, was always in Money in the Bank. Always. Yeah, I mean it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now my next question, I guess this will be the last question. Did talking about any of this stuff make anyone see this show any differently than they did before we sat down to record this? I'm starting to like it less. Yeah, yeah. this thing was a jobber. <laughs> <laughs> well, a, a 14-year-old Ayla was drinking the juice, and I was mm-hmm. a big Batista fan at this time. And what did you think of Batista watching this? Do you, do you think Aaron was doing it in the living room? With oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Ab- it was like his Ty Dillinger. <laughs> <laughs> it's like That's like my Ty Dillinger and my Hogan air guitar. <laughs> what, uh, di- do you... Do you feel any differently about the show now that we've discussed it? No, because I never watched the whole Cena versus JBL match, but I heard it wasn't that great, so I knew what to expect already. And I know Cena was, was pretty green at this time, too. And Batista, Triple H, I didn't really expect much out of that because, like we say, anytime they show this stuff, they just show the moment. It's not, a, it's, it's not always about the match. It's about right. the moment. So I already kind of knew what to expect going into that. But I already, I already know Orton take it was great. I know Michael's... Um, Angle was great. No, the money in the bank match was great. No, Ray and Eddie was great. So that was my selling points on those. On those because when I saw this, when I saw the Ray and Eddie match, and I saw Angle and um, Michaels. I was like, we gotta talk about this because my other, <laughs> my other option was WrestleMania 18. But then I was like, do I really want to? Do I want to talk about this? <laughs> do I really want to do this to myself? Like, because right. I haven't watched it in years, but I wasn't. I wasn't a big fan of it. Right. But I'm glad I, I chose 21. Well, yeah. To your point. Uh, one of I'm my glad favorite. you chose it because I haven't seen it, and I feel, as a guy on a wrestling podcast, you should probably see every WrestleMania. Exactly, and to, to to the point that you made about the moments, one of my favorite quotes, I believe it's Maya Angelou, of all people that I'm talking about on this podcast, but she says, it doesn't matter what you said or what you did, but how you made or people won't remember what you said or did, they'll remember how you made them feel. Ask me how I know that quote. How do you know that quote? Hitch. <laughs> That's amazing. My favorite, one of my favorite movies. One of my favorite um, movies. Ladies, you know why you don't got a man? Watch Hitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that that's true very much to wrestling. You won't remember all of the details, but you remember what it made you feel like. And also, this is a perfect show for us to review on this particular podcast because of the Cena tie-in and the It's All About Triple H tie-in, as far as I'm concerned. So It was, it was, a, it was all about Batista tonight. Yeah, it, it was a very good tie into our show to review this. So any final thoughts before we wrap it up? Nothing? Good show. No, sir. Yeah. All right. So that is Throwback Madness, Road to WrestleMania, WrestleMania 21. We will be back with another one next week. For Ek2Fly, Eric Trembicki. For international YouTube star, Preptagon Jr., Josh Prepiguina. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo. I am Ron Patchery, and we will see you next week. Hop on the top rope, by the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again, fans mocking man. Man, I hate my balls, shut the mystery man. It ain't safe to land, off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome well. What I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.